I said, based on my assessment, you don't treat your mother nicely. You do not. Well, Monica. you don't know about that situation, Lisa. Well, based on what I saw, you weren't nice to your mother. That's well, all I said. Well, based on what I see, you like your minions. And you're oh threatened God, by people wanting again. to take them. You don't and know stop me. And stop putting Angie in the middle. She's not in I'm the middle. middle. No, no, it's not that deep, okay. Monica. Don't make it I deep. It's not that deep. Her. Lisa Barlow. That's You're so triggered by your circumstances. My mouth. This Lisa, is a I'm not interested. I just have Please stop you. talking to me. I'm bored friend. with you. I'm bored with you. I'm bored with you. Okay, listen. I don't ever want to talk about you again. We're two of you. Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. I'm asking you nicely. Stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. Okay, you guys. Let's just No, like, why do you keep saying no, stuff like you, that? Why are you okay saying you that? You don't like each other. Why are you don't saying that? Don't let set you up. That's Listen, what everyone tells me. Don't why are you saying this to me? You started this whole thing with Sean. You said she talked about your I marriage. Know, and I she talked about your about family. That. So I took and your I side on that. Like wrong. And that I is wrong. That is it. That is as deep as it goes. And the way you hear it, your mother is disgusting. Well, you should hear how my mother treats me, Lisa. You do the same thing. You abuse people. Lisa, I'm you never I'm not even talking about do her you I don't assess her. I don't it's yes, not that deep. Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. Hi Mariana. Hey baby gorgeous. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Loving the content. Oh. All this Bravo con crap. Like ugh. There is so much Bravo going on. Even me, yeah. who never leaves the fucking house. <laughs> I'm like, you know me and the note taking. I gotta take notes because I can't uh -huh. remember shit. I'm just I'm watching shit. I don't have time to take uh, the notes. This when all this is yeah. over, I'm gonna get depressed. I'm run off my feet. After all this Bravo, like come like Christmas, January, whatever, like I'm going to be like, well, where's Spring, my Bravo? Summer, September. Exactly. Yeah. And then this fucking living in Australia thing, okay, I do love it, whatever, but <laughs> not having access to Peacock, having to pay for all these fucking online channels, all these digital channels, whatever we call it, and still not getting enough BravoCon shit, knowing that the rest of the world gets to watch fucking everything, I'm pissed off. Right. All we have so far is the Beverly Hills panel, and that's because I watched it on, like, the YouTube. Like, this is not fair. I want to yeah, have access totally. to pay for the Peacock. They're not giving us enough quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, at least we got the Bravos and yes. the Showgirls and the Dynamic Duos. I loved that. Me too. Loved it. I'm lapping it all up. But when yeah. I saw this Beverly Hills panel and realised uh -huh. that they are asking questions better than Andy at Reunion oh, and these totally. women are having to get into it on the panels, I'm like, why are we not getting all these Mother Tucker panels? This is... I was exclaiming out loud with my headphones on like a psycho and my partner's in the background going, "Hun, can you keep it down? I'm like, no, no, I can't. This is <laughs> like my Oscars. <laughs> it's not happening, buddy. Like, it's not fair. I want more, goddammit. Okay, that's yeah. my rant. Thank okay. God for Salt Lake City. Thank God for Beverly Hills. Thank God for all my shows because... Like, I know what I'm missing out on now. Like, having to watch these panels on the YouTube like a peasant, it's not fair. <laughs> I pay way too it's much for all the apps. It's not fair. Why we can't? Why can't we have Peacock? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to get this NordVPN shit happening so I can pay for the peacock. Anyway, yeah, I yeah, did say totally. rant over, anyway. but it's clearly not because, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> we've met. When I get a stick in my craw, man, I'm Lindsay Hubbard activated. <laughs> that aside, it's, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's so delicious that I can mindlessly scroll on the Insta and get all these little tidbit bravos. So good. I know, I'm loving all the tea that's coming out, all the, like, the hatred for Teddy Mellencamp that's just uniting the world. It's just beautiful. It really is. And um, speaking of tea, one of our listeners was at the BravoCon and gave you some delicious tea. Do you want to share? Let me pull it up. Pull it up, sweets. Give them their props. Okay, yeah, so our listener, Megan, she was saying she lives in Henderson, 20 minutes from the Strip. Um, so she was able to go for the Sunday of BravoCon, saw a bunch of Bravo celebrities come out of their cars. Some were super friendly. Uh, saw Kyle Richards, that is, Corey from Winterhouse, Riley from Below Deck. Oh, Riley. Um, Tom <laughs> Sandoval. Ugh. They all spent time greeting people and taking pictures. They went to the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden and saw Captain Sandy. And get this. She was the rudest, nastiest fake celebrity Megan had ever encountered. Totally disgusted and uh, picked it. Wow, Bethany, wow. So Nathan sent that to me and I was just like, oh, fuck, that person made Nathan's day. (laughs) Totally, totally. And then they had a photo op with James and Ali who were the loveliest people, so nice and friendly. Fuck, I'd love to meet James. I know, that would be so good. Yeah, Giselle was gorgeous and... uh, yeah, Robin was beautiful and friendly. Okay. okay. Vicky was a total pro. Kenya was trying to be nice, but you could tell she was over it, which <laughs> I, I think is just fantastic. Fair enough, though. Like, I was listening to um, Bitch Sesh and mm-hmm. the guests were saying, like, Jerry O'Connell was actually, he said that when he saw Kenya more in the flesh, she was the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And, I mean, you uh-huh. know, his wife's model. So, you know, that's well, his son. Yeah. But he was also saying that, like, when he saw Vicky out, like, just walking around, she had, like, six or nine, I can't remember the number, security around her. And if the Bravo Lebs didn't have security around them, they were just mobbed. Uh-huh. I give her grace. I mean, you know I love Kenya. But I give her grace that you can be over it. Like, can you imagine being all dolled up yeah. in a frock and heels all day is already fucking exhausting. And also us Bravo fans are fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. So, like... I can imagine if I ran into like a Kyle Richards, I'd be like, how dare you say that thing in season two? And she'd be like, I don't even remember that. I know. I'd be like, remember when you ran out of that Amsterdam dinner looking like a loon? And she'd be like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. You know, like it'd be be a lot to deal with. We're worse than the geeks at Comic-Con. Totally. Actually, Jerry did say that it was, people were screaming louder than at, oh no, it wasn't Jerry. It was their other guest before. I don't know the gentleman's name, but he's probably uber famous. He was saying that people were screaming louder than at the Beyonce concert. It's so funny. Come on. Like, we're the best. And so, okay, so Sheree also was super nice. She hurt her foot but was still nice and friendly, even with her foot bandaged up with an ice pack. She didn't want to disappoint her fans. That's nice. Did you see that on, I think it was um, one of the panels that I saw, again, probably on the YouTube, she said that she fell over like a golf, was it a golf cart? I don't know. She ran into something, some sort of fixed equipment. So it uh-huh. wasn't like she, you know, was drunk. She had an altercation with some sort of, you know, 
vehicle object. or object or whatever. <laughs> so it wasn't glamorous. So funny. Well, if anyone else has any tea on BravoCon, if you got to go, like, let us know the inside goss. Yeah. We would froth on that. So expensive though. So Jerry O'Connor was saying like, not only do you pay whatever price you pay for whatever tiered ticket you have, these days that's just for general entry. If you want to go to a panel, it's extra. So everything's mm. extra. I'm like, okay, that's a bit rude. If you're paying for like a three-day VIP thing that costs like 1500 bucks US a ticket, uh-huh. why would you then have to fork out like another 1500 bucks or whatever for a panel? Like that's fucking rude, I think. Like mm-hmm. that's a bit much. Don't you think? Or am yeah. I just being a stingy? No, yeah, that's a bit much. That's but a bit much. You pay what you pay. Yeah, look, and if you're there, of course you're fucking jumping on and paying for shit. You're getting caught up. Totally. He was also saying, like, everything's expensive. Everyone was selling stuff. Like, um, Julia apparently was selling jam <laughs> at a booth. That's so funny. Oh, my God, I love She's it. She's such a fucking oddball, isn't I she? I love her. So he was saying, like, everyone had a booth. Everyone was selling something. Like, Jennifer Aiden was selling neck pillows. I mean, whatever, bitch. Like, not I today, love- neck pillow. <laughs> <laughs> not today, neck pillow. He also said that the TomTom hoodies were selling for $150. Jeepers. For a fucking hoodie with a bedazzled print? Calm your fucking farm, buddy. No one needs a TomTom jumper that badly. Not that badly. I would like one. But But I bet if I was there, I'd be fucking paying for it. I know. I'd be getting out that Amex. (laughs) Charge it. (laughs) I don't have an Amex. I don't qualify. Let's let's get into Beverly Hills because there's a lot to talk about there. So much to talk about. So much. So we're in Vegas. We pick up with them eating brunch or whatever and Garcelle's like, let's go out and meet men and then they discuss why Sutton can't get a second date. Um, <laughs> how did you feel about how this sort of turned into an attack on her dating skills? Garcelle said she wanted to do an intervention. I'm like, oh, that's a bit <laughs> mean. That Sutton did share that she's having trouble getting a second date and she then shares she went out on a date with this guy. She had a great time. He came back to her house and played backgammon. Well, do you think that's a metaphor? I think it was less about inviting him to the gala and more potentially about I come into your house, I sit through a game of backgammon and then I tell you, okay, it's time for you to leave. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I thought backgammon was like code code for coffee, like wink, wink. I don't think it's weird that you invite someone to a gala in, in another city. I think that is code for we're sharing a room, no? Yeah, 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 totally. I'd love to go to a gala in New York City, like on Sutton's Dime, like of course. Yeah, like. But, but yeah, if you're at dinner and they say come back for a game of backgammon and then she pulls out the actual backgammon game, you'd be like, wait, what? What? Exactly. <laughs> you'd be like, what? Backgammon, that's really going to bring the room down, peeps. So, look, I would love it because I love that shit and I'm, I'm a total geek, but. Yeah. They've got confessionals about this going to the gala in New York and, and I'm like, like, calm down. And also, she texted him that she liked his triceps. I don't think that's the biggest faux pas. Do you? I didn't think that that was that bad. I think as a man and knowing men, they'd love to be complimented on their triceps. I concur. I honestly, I think it was about the backgammon more than anything else. So I'm with you. Totally. And can Carl totally. stop FaceTiming, like, her friend's dates? Like, move on. It's weird, isn't it? Sutton was hyperventilating in a way that was great TV. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, for me, I'd be pissed off. I'd be so pissed. I'd be so embarrassed yeah. that I would I would yeah. definitely have a visceral reaction to that. 
more so than about the strippers or whatever you call them, but you know that I would. Man. I she did have a visceral reaction to it, and I would have too. Uh, let's get into that when we get into yeah, that because that's fucking crazy. Yeah. So they get ready for the Magic Mike show or whatever, and. This is where we get the first, like, hint of Pantsgate where Sutton can't find her pants and Arvi has to come and help her find the pants. I mean, that was just a funny scene. Okay, so the pants-finding bit was funny. And, look, you uh-huh. all know I'm obsessed with Sutton. She's my favourite on the show. But the way that she dismissed him when he gave her the pants, she, like, kind of flicks, waves her hand yeah. and tells him to, like, like, you can go now. It's like, excuse me? What was uh-huh. that? It's a weird kind of dynamic, isn't it? But if she's flown him out to Vegas, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go back and enjoy Vegas. I don't want to help you find pants. I think it was more along the line, like, I think her reaction was more along the lines of, okay, like, that's enough camera time for you. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, he milked it on the way out with that little run out. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I, I probably should just say, Sutton, that was rude and you need to yeah. apologize because he apologised to her. And I'm like, what am I missing? Is this how you treat your employees? Because that's not okay. And then I was, again, you know, trying to justify it, which is a horrible thing to do because I never justify it with the ones I hate. So I'm calling myself out on that. But then I'm like, maybe it was about camera time because he gives good camera. Like, I like Arvi. I can definitely Me take too. more of Arvi. I think it was more of a, like, a friendly, like, joking around dismiss. I don't know if I don't know if it was that... Um, you don't know if don't it was know, that deep? There was that much intent behind it. I don't know if it was that deep. <laughs> okay, fine, because yeah. I was bothered. But question about being bothered. Why is Dorit so bothered that Crystal has glam? Because she didn't bring glam for the first time ever because I think she has money problems. I do too. Thank you for saying it. I do too. Why is she not bringing glam? Because she can't afford it. You're going she to Vegas, the, the glitzy mm-hmm. glam capital. Mm-hmm. Why would you not bring glam? It's very unlike her. Very unlike and her. I don't know. Maybe she needs to stage another robbery or something to get a bit of kickback. Okay, but, yeah, she's stop. she's <laughs> got financial woes. Well, I think she should be more bothered by Crystal's $6,000 Valentino bag that she bought herself for her birthday. Guys, that's not her birthday present. She bought that for herself. Love that. Fuck that Lion King money, mate. Jeez, mm-hmm. I want to know how much, like, residual Lion King money she's getting. She's got Lucille Ball's Rolls Royce. Did they get, like, a $50 every time some parent puts on the Lion King to shut their kid up? Yeah, as soon as someone says Hakuna Matata, like, she gets a tip. Fucking hell, mate. It's crazy. Like, I'm not saying that's the most expensive bag we've ever seen. It's clearly not the most expensive bag we've ever seen her have. Remember she had that, like, shop front $90,000 ugly fucking Hermes bag. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have to say, I as much as Crystal, like, has the coin, I love Crystal's, like, dr- like the way she dresses, but her bags, I've never seen a good one. <laughs> like, okay. that bedazzled Valentino bag was, like, Valentino having an off day when he did that and just went, oh, that'll fucking do. <laughs> yeah, even Louis Maton makes mistakes. Yeah, she, he got out the actual bedazzler. Okay, you're too young to remember, but back in the day there was this infomercial about a bedazzler. It's like this little hot glue gun crystal applique in one which was clearly Uh dangerous to give to a child because it was hot and you'd literally plug it into a wall socket and you'd be buying it off the TV and you could literally, like, stick this shit on anything, on your clothes, on anything, and it was called the bedazzler. So when I say bedazzle, that's where it comes from. 
Okay. Oh, okay, sorry. A little, little trip down memory lane. Fuck, I loved that thing. <laughs> All right. Well, here's <laughs> where they sort of say. <laughs> I did a tight 10 on a fucking bedazzler. <laughs> Mate. So Sutton says she's keen to get on stage and dance with strippers and that's why she's wearing pants. Yes, because Erica told her to. And because Erica had the hookup because... Mikey's partner is one of the Magic Mikes. Yes. Which I sort of love that like half of the Magic Mikes are gay. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you just, mean I love half? That. Aren't they all? <laughs> yeah. uh, they probably all are. So I was thinking like what a great night out. This is going to be so fun. Yeah. And I, I wasn't looking so, forward to it because I, I would never go to a Magic not? Mike show. It's not for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, it looked good. Yeah. I don't like it's like. The concept of like a bunch of men sitting together in a room watching porn, it's like, why would you want to do that in front of your friends? I don't I don't um, wanna I don't wanna get hot and heavy with, with a room full of other people that I'm not attracted to. Well, that's where we differ. To me it's like watching <laughs> porn with your mates. I'm not up for it. I'm not getting a woody in a room full of my mates. Sozzle. Well, yeah. So it's I mean it's it's not that R rated. Like they didn't say peen. Well, you almost did. Each to their yeah. own. I don't want to yuck on anyone's yum. And for me, I'm into it. And that's So fine. Sutton is so into it as well mm. until she doesn't get called up for crowd participation and then she clams up. Like, what, what the fuck happened here? Like, what do you think happened? I think that when their undies came off and there was a hat in front of the peen, because that's how sort of they filmed it. Like, all of a sudden she saw that and was like, okay, this has gone too far for me. Like, they've literally got their clothes off and I don't, like, am I going to see Dick? I think is where she was coming mm. from. And then when she saw the simulated fellatio, she was just like, this has gone from fun to sex. And she don't want to see that. This is the woman who said she's never watched porn with her, with her ex-husband. Like, like when they had jeans on and they were topless, she was into it. And i got to agree with her. For me, men never look better than when they're naked from the waist up. But when they're naked from the waist down, it's like, I don't want to do this in front of a room full of other people. Winnie the Pooh. I wouldn't yeah. be offended like her. I would have just said if I was her, I would have gone, I've just got to go to the toilet. I'll be back. And I probably would have said, I've got to go to the toilet. I've got the runs. I might be a bit. But you know me. I always use that as an excuse to get out of shit because then there's no follow-up so, questions. No one wants to know about your, um, your you know, your backdoor ablutions. No one. <laughs> so I completely disagree. I think Sutton got jealous. I think because she was saying, like, you know, I wore pants for fucking nothing. She was all so keen for it. And then when she didn't get involved, that's when it took a turn. And it's like they were, Erica wasn't getting licked out on that stage. There was a gay dancer with a head on her pants. Like she wasn't naked either. I, I think she's using it as a scapegoat. Remember how she said I, when they were getting ready, she said, I don't like wearing pants out. And mm -hmm. so she's just like, why did I put pants on? I'm already uncomfortable going out in pants. It's like I could have worn a dress. It's not about her not going on stage. It's about the fact that she's like, like I wasn't comfortable already in this outfit. But she brought a stack of ones. She was yeah. so keen. Yeah, okay. It's not tracking for me and I think she's made a, a huge thing just because she felt a bit jealous. And it's like she's presumably seen the Magic Mike movies, right? Or she knows what they are. Yeah. She knows what she was getting into. This wasn't a porno. But I've never seen it. It was a Magic Mike show. You're aware of them. I'm aware of them and I do understand that it's basically they call it theatre but it's male strippers. That's what it is. 
it's a choreographed strip yeah. show. And I'm sure the dancing's like fantastic and acrobatic and all that st- and elevated. I get that. So, yes, Sutton should have realised what it means to be in a quote-unquote strip club. Yeah. And I don't know what it's got to do with the Ballet Foundation. <laughs> she was being judgy. Yeah, she was. Okay, so now that Sutton leaves, again, she didn't just go to the bathroom and make not a big deal of it. I guess she tried to, but it sort of didn't work out that way because Garcelle and Kyle follow her. It's a bit difficult when you've got cameras in your face and you've got producers telling Garcelle and whoever saying someone needs to follow her for the scene. Like when they went to the toilet, Garcelle's like, I don't want to be in here. I.e. producers have told me to like have a conversation with you about it. So that's the thing. This is why I would be terrible on these shows because I would have just quietly gotten up and walked out and just literally sat on the loose scroll of my phone until someone texted me and said we're done. But Sutton has to give good TV. Yeah. I got really annoyed for Garcelle missing out. Like, at least Kyle was getting cream pied for a while. You know, when that whipped cream came out, I was like, she's not going to eat that. No. (laughs) No. My thing is, I think that Kyle's the one that stirred the pot. When they were out in the lobby talking and she's like, I'm just going to text them or whatever, and she's like, oh, yeah, text them and let them know, like, we're fine. Kyle texts Crystal, Sutton's upset, we have to go. Uh, No, that is not what Sutton said. You're the Mm -hmm. one stirring the pot, Kyle. So, again, Kyle was producing and I get it, we need it for the show, but Uh, she's the one that fucking stirred the pot there. Like when someone texts you and it's your birthday saying, we have to leave, someone's upset, that turns it into something. So I think Kyle was trying to throw like Sutton under the bus there and I was not happy about that. See, I was sort of on Team Kyle. Like, I was so annoyed with Sutton that when she was like, you're just upset because you put pants on, I was like, yeah, like, why is this such a thing? And Sutton is correct. Like, yeah, Kyle should have just gone inside. Like, yeah. you didn't have to follow her. She did make it a big thing with the text and all that. And I'd be so fucking annoyed if I was Crystal. And I'm so glad Erica and Dorit were like, we're watching the show. I must admit, because obviously I'm not into Erica, when she said, like, I'm not leaving my friend's show, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, of course. Like, this is your mate's performance mm-hmm. with half or what did she say like you know you took like most of the crowd with you which she didn't she took two people and I thought oh yeah I didn't think of it from that point of view like your mates on stage you guys are being filmed for an international tv show they look up and all of a sudden like a bunch of you are like walking out I didn't think of it from that perspective I understand that she would be embarrassed for her friend organizing this for her I get it uh-huh. I also did think it was funny that Erica's like trying to well is taking credit for getting them to the show. And I'm like, trust Erica to organise an activity that she didn't actually have to pay for. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's not exactly a huge favour because the Magic Mike people want to be on TV. You know what I mean? But I was team Erica because it was just nice to see her back to form, having fun and being the Erica we like and not that we hate. The world was upside down for me this episode where I was anti-Sutton, Team Kyle and Erica. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, I just, because I don't, again, because I don't like Erica and I'm saying that because I'm trying not to just say my opinion is like so obvious. I know I don't like Erica, so I'm looking for it. But watching her on stage and watching her adore what she perceived to be all eyes on her as opposed to the naked men, I'm just like, oh, you're so – she's such an attention whore. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> is it like I won't let myself enjoy it and I'm just saying the bad in Erica? Because she is she is giving good entertainment. I just – I can't. Ugh. She 
she's back to form. I mean, she's then they go to the bus thing and Erica does grumble about um, Sutton sitting in there looking like Judge Judy. Which she but was. then she's like, you know what? She was. Yeah. But then Erica's like, you know what? I've given up fighting for Len and she's just cool, easy breezy. I was surprised because when in confessional when Garcelle said, oh, Erica's going to be pissed, get out the popcorn, I'm waiting for it. And she was like, yeah, uh-huh. that's fine, whatever. Like she just took the apology, which I – was like, wow, you really are trying to give up fighting for Lend. If she hadn't said that she was off the Lexapro, I would have thought they would have doubled down on those meds because she was way (laughs) more chill than I expected. It's the power of Lent. So before they go to, they get on the bus and go to dinner, did you have any other thoughts about like the Kyle and Garcelle sort of fight in the like atrium of whatever fucking hotel they were in? Like they kept calling each other a bitch. Wasn't that Sutton? Oh, sorry, Kyle and um, And Sutton. Sutton, yeah. Garcelle was just there. <laughs> I thought that was going to explode, but it didn't. Because I was thinking, like, for the rest of the episode before, I'm like, wow, they're all getting along. Like, when was the last time this happened? I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I kind of think they both were being a bitch. Yes, yes. I'm glad that this wasn't a massive thing because I don't want to be fighting over using the word bitch. Like, Obviously yeah. coming from yeah, me who swears every third word. I can't handle it when people fight over like curse words. It's like get a grip. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. totally. And I thought it was funny. You know what I mean? It's like high school. Yeah. You bitch, you bitch. I liked it. And I thought it was so funny how they were like fighting on the walk to the car and it was just that walk was taking forever. And Garcelle was like, How long is this hallway? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love Garcelle. She's hilarious. Oh, so too funny. They get to dinner and Garcelle quickly brings up how she's going to meet with Oliver tomorrow. There's a brief discussion about that she's not comfortable with them talking about the kids because of Kyle and Mo and Dorit and PK laughing at Erica abusing Jax last year. And then, of course, we know Jax got cyber trolled. Mm. Like, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And so that's just like a little preview to the next day's chat, which we're going to have at the end of the episode. And then they play like a, a Roni style getting to know you game. And I thought this was actually kind of fun how they were all like sharing reads and throwing shade at each other in confessional and stuff. Like I, I kind of liked it. I hated it on Roni, but I liked it now. Crystal pretending to be pissed off at Dorit for being shocked that she said she had perfect nipples. That was funny. It was so funny how she literally silenced Dorit Dorit wasn't uh-huh. silent. She was silenced. I loved yeah. that. I was like, this is, they're comfortable with each other because they all actually kind of get along. So we're getting to enjoy them being shady. I loved it. And then she said that Dorit hasn't seen a real like body part in oh, years. Oh, <laughs> so good. So funny. so funny. I loved it. But I don't know if I loved it as much as watching Sutton trying to eat a hot fish ball. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, they cracked the code on how she's not getting a second date with that. Oh, definitely. (laughs) It was so good. Even when Erica was like pulling facials at Sutton, who was going on about having lots of sex toys when they and they were all confused. Even I was like, I'm with you, Erica. I too am confused. I felt like she was overcompensating or something for just being a giant prude. She was. She was, which is why they were all confused. It was weird. And then even when they go back to like the hotel, 
Garcelle just wants to get to sleep and she's going on about how like a vibrator can ruin your clitoris or something. Yeah. It's like, what, what's going on, Sutton? I, I just didn't like her this episode. It was coming off hypocritical, but I agree with you. She was just overcompensating. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of made, uh, like, I was living for the Sutton, like, tantrum at first when I thought it was just about her not being able to get a lap dance. Like, yeah. I thought that's so funny. <laughs> like, make that the fight. You know, like that's hilarious. But then all of this, I was just like, ugh, like stop being a fun sponge. She, a fun sponge? I've never heard that. Oh my she God. She sucked up I, all the fun. I love that. Oh, it just made me think of Monet Exchange with a, with a sponge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Soaking up all the fun. Sorry. So at the next morning, Kyle's going to the gym at 6 a.m. with her Birkin. Mm. And Erica and Dorit have a quick chat about how they don't think that's sustainable. They're sort of clocking that as like really weird behavior. And mm. I, I do agree. Why? She's in Vegas. Ah, it's weird. If you know everyone's going to be hungover in the morning and you're full of beans and you work out every single day, you would go work out. Like if you're asleep in a bed with someone next to you, no one in the house is awake and you're like, i got to get up. Like I'm – because I'm a morning person, right? This morning I told you, I don't know why, but I woke up at 11 past four. Like you get up. And after a minute, you're like, well, what am I going to do here? So I get it. I mean, if it was me, I'd just go find a calf that was open. But yeah, I get it. Well, I think they're calling out that it's new behaviour for her. Like, it's only been in the past couple of months. Like, what is she running from? No, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. And I don't understand why they're going on about this Birkin. I just think they're jealous. <laughs> it's funny to have a Birkin on the gym floor. <laughs> well, it's a handbag. <laughs> Did you take a handbag to the gym? Well, yeah, it's got your shit in it. I would. Who doesn't? You've got all your stuff in it. What are you going to do? Like, I don't understand. I just, again, I agree. I think Dorit's having money problems. We all know Erica's got no money. I think they're fucking jealous. She has a bunch of Birkins. It's her everyday handbag. Of course she's going to fucking take her bag. (laughs) I don't know. Whenever I've gone to a gym, I take a towel and a bottle of water and my phone. Yeah, but you're a guy. Yeah, yeah. I I'd know. take my bag. Don't get me wrong. They have those lockers. You'd put it in a locker, but I would not be putting a fucking Birkin bag in one of those lockers. It's a $20,000 <laughs> plus bag. You're going to keep it with you. Well, also, we've seen people go to lunches and they have to have a chair just for the Birkin, but now she's dropping it on a sweaty gym floor. Okay, now now you're judging her for being cavalier with her bag before you were judging <laughs> her for having the bag. Pick a lane, Nathan. Well, I just think it's weird she's at the gym at 6am in Vegas. So we go to breakfast. Uh, Garcelle brings up the uncomfortableness she has bringing up the kids since last year or whatever. And Dorit is just not receptive. And she's like, it was a year ago, get over it. I'm on Dorit's side. Wow. We are just disagreeing on everything this episode. (laughs) It is the day after a big night out, all the rest of them are hungover. They literally just rolled out of bed and they're all told, production are like, okay, we're doing a breakfast scene. Dorit's sitting on the mother tucking floor. Like she <laughs> is literally there to film a scene. She would not be sitting there otherwise. Could you imagine nursing a hangover? You got a he- headache, you got fucking cotton uh-huh. mouth, and all of a sudden you're half asleep in like twilight zone and someone (laughs) wants to tell you in that moment, oh, P.S., I don't trust you with my kids. It's like, let me have my fucking coffee and vacation bacon (laughs) before you come at me. Like, I love you, Garcelle, but that was not the time to bring up your truth. Sorry, 
when you've got a hangover, you know, like you want to have your breakfast, you want to have your coffee, you want to have your, your, like your deep fried crap, and then you need to go to the bathroom and evacuate all of it. Like I'd be sitting there going, bitch, I've got to do a poo. Like I don't have time for this. No, no. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, as you get older, Nathan, you don't necessarily throw up your hangover. You just have the runs the whole next day. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Yeah, to my okay. Life. I sort of I see what you're saying there. I, I didn't think of it like that, but on my first watch, my immediate reaction was, Dorit, like, how hard is it to have an awareness of what someone else is feeling without turning it into like you being upset? Like, that's why I didn't like how she's like, well, now I'm upset. I hate when that happens. Totally. Dorit always makes everyone's feelings about her feelings. That's par for the course. I don't disagree with you. And to be like, it was a year ago. Like, what a hypocrite. Like, okay. I know. When she's got PTSD, it's just like you're going through something so emotional and it's your everyday experience. How then can you not have empathy for someone else's emotional experience? I completely agree with you. Dorit's reaction was wrong. I just don't think that... Not the time. I don't think that Dorit would have been receptive to it while she's fucking nursing a hangover and production's like, oh, you guys have to all sit here and film a scene and this poor bitch has to sit on the floor. But maybe she would never have been receptive because Garcelle says Erica apologised straight away. Carl apologised. I don't know if Dorit's ever apologised. Does she not see how that was a fucked up thing to be laughing about that? Uh, maybe she didn't apologise. She did say in one of BravoCon panels they were asking how she was with Erica after the divorce comment that she made last year's BravoCon. And she was like, yeah, we made up in that scene. Like when I get over something, I get over something and move on. So if that is what she's truly like, I understand that that conversation would have been shocking to her because if Mm. if you're the kind of person that when you say you're over something and you move on, that's it, we don't bring it up again, you're like, what the fuck? Like where's this coming from? I don't know if that's her. Yeah, I don't know if that's her either. That's why I prefaced. But you're right. Dorit does make everyone else's emotional experiences about her emotions. She does. So I'm not surprised. Like imagine if Jagger was getting like those like bots attacking Jagger. Like it's the bots of it all, which is sort of not getting talked about since we've, we don't mention Diana Jenkins and like. I don't think that Dorit was thinking of that in that moment. I don't think she was actually thinking about what her kid went through. She was thinking about her specific relationship with Garcelle. So that's where the disconnect right. is. Garcelle's right. Like, Dorit doesn't listen. No. No, she does not. But then Dorit did say, like, if that was me and I was decided to pull back a little bit, she's like, I'd just keep it to myself. So maybe that's why I'm more team Dorit because oh, yeah. that's probably what I would do. Mm. I don't know why Garcelle felt the need to say it. No one was questioning her why she wasn't talking more about it. I think she must have just been stewing on it the night before and she couldn't get much sleep because Sutton was talking about vibrators and, like, clicking on her phone until, like, 1am. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so next week we get them riding a mechanical bull, which I just think is always great television. It is. Um, And we also get the... The gay magic mics wanting an apology, which is so funny. I can't wait. For that, that was like, there's the Erica of last season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about this whole Lent thing, but she's given it a go. So I can't, I can't sort of trash her for not doing something perfectly that she's trying, I guess. But I want to. Uh-huh. But I want to. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, do you want to talk about Salt Lake? Uh, yes, because I loved it. So before we get into it, so the breaking news is Heather and Monica are like suing each other. What, yep. What's the go there? The first filing was from Heather suing Monica 
for an unpaid bill. So Monica went in and got injection of filler in her lips and her nose. Is this post-filming? I don't know, probably. All right, yeah. I haven't seen any video of it. I just read the article. Okay. So she went in and apparently they botched it. They had offered to fix it. Instead, she went and paid another place to, to fix it. I think all, she paid a deposit and like at some admin fee and then she it was going to cost her $2,000, which she was going to pay $200 a month for 10 months. So they sued her for $2,000. So she then countersued for basically for fucking her up. And it said something about uh, no less than whatever dollar amount up to $50,000. What? But surely she signed a waiver or something. Well, how binding are those things though? Mm, I don't know. If someone fucks your face, you can sue. You can sue for damages, right? So yeah. we'll see. But also if someone sues you, the, the first thing you want to do is counter sue if you can. Right. I, if I was Heather, I would have let it go. Well, th- this tells me something else is going on. If I was Heather, I would have let it go because you're on a cast together. Again, I'd make a shit housewife. But really, it makes for great TV. They're now going to be fighting uh, uh-huh. at reunion. And she probably that hates season. that Monica for something else. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm, Interesting. So, all right, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Because it's weird because right now on the show they're getting on, so. I think that'll change. Right. Because uh, uh, wasn't it at BravoCon like Monica just was sat nowhere near the rest of the cast or something like that? What, they want her know. off the show? <laughs> Usually that's the case, right? I fucking love Monica. I don't, again, I think it's because I relate to Monica. I like her and I like the way, like the way she fights and her clapbacks. I enjoy her. She can keep up. I'm a little sick of her. Okay. Like, you know how you were saying in Beverly Hills, like you don't like when they fight about cursing. I don't like fighting about hands in the face when yeah. someone's got their hands in the face and then as soon as the other person does it, they're like, get the hands out of my face. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. So we open with Angie and Monica getting some treats and Angie gives her a gift, like a, a book, because she feels bad about how, the, I don't know, the Easter thing went. Mm. What's Angie's deal? She seems to be crawling up everybody's ass. Angie for me, is producing herself. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Angie's obsessed with being a housewife. She's the one stirring the pot. She's the one bringing up conversations. So, hey, we're going to talk about this. I think that whatever producers want Angie to do, she does it. She's a bit of a Mm, Kyle. I think so too. People are reigniting conversations that are feuds because Angie's bringing it up. I think she's the biggest pot stirrer and I actually don't think she has a storyline of her own and I don't like her. No. Yeah, maybe we should have kept the other Angie. I don't enjoy her. Yeah, I think the other Angie, like the other Angie would have made a better housewife. Well, it's just like shouldn't, why is she making friends with Monica now and giving Monica a gift when it's like Monica brought up the gay rumours. Like I get that she thinks she got it from Meredith, Mm. but like Monica brought it up on camera. Be mad at her. I don't know if I would be mad at her for it because her intention was to be a good friend. And I think being mad at Monica is low-hanging fruit because you don't want to take on Meredith. Yeah, yeah. I think Angie is stirring the pot by pretending she's friends with everyone when they Mm -hmm. all wake up and realise, hang on, she's sucking up to me. No, she's sucking up to me. 
Mm-hmm. I think Lisa's starting to get that already, that that's what she's doing. She's trying to be friends with everyone, get all the dirt, and then dropping these little nuggets so that they all fight. And I don't think it's her. I don't think Angie's that fucking smart. I think she's getting it from her producer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Whichever producer's in charge of Angie, like they're the ones telling her what to say. And the fact that she's not getting like grilled for it is annoying me. Mm. Yeah, me too. The thirst is just too much. So much thirst. Oh, she is parched. She's part, and you'd think she'd learned her lesson from like paying for Jen Shaw's parties, but no. Yeah, she's like Jesus in the desert, parched, honestly. Uh-huh, like, totally. I can't. And, and also, I don't find her particularly entertaining. I don't find her particularly charming. No. If I found her charming, I'd be living for her, but I don't, so I ain't. Yeah, and I'm sick of those like um, ice skater bodysuits that they're all wearing all the time. Especially Angie. Come what is that? on. I mean, if she was on Drag Race, she'd be fucking red for filth. Yeah, sashay away. You can't keep wearing a fucking bodysuit. Michelle Visage would not be happy with you. Enough. <laughs> so then we go to Whitney and Lisa. They're painting tiki torches oh, for Luau for Whitney's kids. Triggered. <laughs> I am triggered by these tiki torches. Of course they're doing it in Salt Lake City and not realising. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell Leah. (laughs) I mean, nothing really happens that is setting up the party for later. Whitney's not going to invite Mary to her event. Mary wouldn't go anyway. Yeah. Mary's not going. (laughs) Mary's not going to a kid's birthday because she would be like, what's the catering? I'm not eating fucking fairy bread, okay? (laughs) So the big nugget from this conversation was they talk about Monica's mum and Lisa says Monica (sighs) is conveniently abused because she's abusive. Whoa. Okay, I don't mean to make this all fucking serious and about me, but clearly I'm Lisa fucking Barlow about it. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm premenstrual. When I get premenstrual, that's when my depression really kicks in and so I'm tray emotional. So maybe it's that, but I actually was triggered by Lisa. By Lisa saying that, yeah by Lisa victim blaming. And I've said you're victim blaming before, but I had no idea what that felt like to be triggered by that. Mm -hmm. I was actually Mm -hmm. triggered by her. Like I thought Whitney did a really good job. She was trying to get Lisa, her friend, to see the seriousness of what she was saying. If that was me, I'd just be like, that was a really fucking ugly thing you just said and I'm leaving. Uh huh. That's what Uh I would have done. I wouldn't have coped. I really wouldn't have. Yeah, I don't think Lisa has a lot of emotional intelligence. No, I'm so glad for Lisa that she has no idea how bad, <laughs> like what she said was so bad because she doesn't know what it feels like. But that was uh-huh. really bad. Yeah, like what I think she meant was like people who lash out because people are mean to them. You know, like hurt people hurt people is what she meant. But she completely said something different. What she should have done, in my opinion, is made it about her feelings. If she yeah. said... I understand what you're saying and that's terrible, but my experience with her is all I can go off and she's mean Uh and nasty and horrible to me and I don't like her. So you go ahead and feel sorry for her, but I'm not jumping on that bandwagon because it would be fake because I can't fucking stand her. Say that. Perfect. Probably not great TV, but (laughs) where she went down I loved you, Lisa Barlow, and right now I'd rather just have no comment on you because I mm-hmm. can't believe you just did that. Yeah, okay. The fact that I'm so emotionally involved is a bit ridiculous, I know that, but she literally hurt my feelings. Yeah, okay. 
All right. But from a non that kind of standpoint, did you enjoy the scene? Because you can. I don't think I, like, I don't want to take that away. Well, as soon as she said that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, that's fucked up. But it was just building up for me for the later scene. I just, I just took it as storyline moving the episode along. Because I don't have a problem anyone enjoying how, how, like, the scene. Like, I don't have a problem with someone going, that was so cringy, I couldn't look away. I don't have any problem with that. But I, I think that's what it was. I was disappointed that she went so far that I didn't get to enjoy my Lisa being ridiculous. But if you did enjoy it, good for you. Right, yeah. And I think I don't like Monica, so that also tinges it a little. Yeah. So are you full Lisa Barlow? Do you, do you think that... Because I'd be interested and I'd want to think about it. Do you think that Monica is milking the situation with her mum and that allows her to be mean? Do you see where Lisa's coming from a little bit? Not really. I'm more just taking – I'm not emotionally invested, so I'm just taking that step back and just enjoying the silliness of, like, them fighting during a sound bath. Like, I I was just enjoying how dumb it was. That I fucking lived for. That was my favourite scene all week. It was so funny. It it is – interesting how sometimes we'll like a housewife will bring on a parent that is completely fucking nuts Mm. and they cop it but then it's like i like is monica also using her mum for the show i don't think so because when she was thanking angie for the easter party and she said my kids Mm -hmm. haven't been around family like that for a long time and then she says Mm -hmm. when she was married to her ex he had a massive family. We used to do this stuff all the time and my mum wasn't around because it would explode. I got the impression that when she was in her marriage, when she was happy, she cut her mum out of her life because it wasn't healthy okay. and she didn't need her because she had a, a new family. But then when her life fell apart, when she had an affair with her brother-in-law, meaning now that whole family is not going to be in my life or my kid's life, I have nobody and she went back to her mum because she needed support. Yeah. Not that she needed her mum, she just needed support from someone and that was the only person with their hand up because her mum was like, cool, I can get something out of this too. Her right. and her mum are using each other and it's unhealthy but as Monica's basically going, well, it's all I've got and I'd rather that than nothing. She's going to realise that nothing is actually better for her but for now mm-hmm. she's got four fucking kids and she's by herself. She's terrified. So she's trying to think maybe I can rescue something from my mum. But realistically, her and her mum are both using each other. They're both broken. Uh And she would be better off without her. She just is probably, I'm assuming, I don't have four kids. I don't know. I'm assuming she's like, well, I need some help, even if it's just her. Uh Uh-huh. Oof. I think that's what it is. I don't think she's using her mum for the show. I think she's just using her mum because she has got no one to help her. She is alone. And that's fucking scary to begin with, let alone with four fucking little kids. Uh-huh. Okay. Then we get a scene with Heather and Meredith at a bar and they're talking about Jack's mission. What was the point of this scene? Well, I guess just to reveal to Heather that about the mission because Heather's oh, sort of been left in the dark. That's right. And, and then they talk about how Lisa can go strapless to church. <laughs> I get it. And I do get why Heather's triggered by this, but no one is joining in on her trigger. Like you can see that Meredith agrees with Heather, Mm -hmm. but she's just fobbing it off because she just doesn't want to go there at all. Yeah, pick your battles, right? I suppose they all have businesses in Mormon capital 
So they don't want to be seen as siding with the ex-Mormon on national TV while they live and run businesses in Salt Lake City. And that's where Heather's feeling the brush off. No one's jumping on my bandwagon because Mm -hmm. you don't want to appear anti-Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I just want to talk about Meredith's outfit because I fucking loved that red suit. I mean, it's very on trend, the whole like head-to-toe red, very on trend, but I loved it. In comparison... Heather's like woolly mammoth fucking vest. What the fuck was that vest? Oh, God, she does love a woolly vest, doesn't she? This thing was so big, it swallowed her whole and it just made made me keep thinking about Orange County when Debro called Emily Mr. Snuffleupagus. I'm like, this, this yeah. is Mr. Snuffleupagus right here and it's got nothing to do with body shaming. It's got to do with fashion shaming. Like that fucking vest <laughs> looked like she had worn it to Coachella all weekend and went, fuck it, I'm just going to put it back on. Like run a comb through that thing, sweetie. <laughs> oh, that was, that's all I could look at was even when the camera was on Meredith, you could just see this bit of like... Like dirty, fl- like the tuft. Yeah, yeah, coming out of the side of the camera. It was totally. triggering me <laughs> in a fun, so- way. in a fun way. That was a good trigger. <laughs> oh, nice. quickly, when Meredith got out of the car to go and in and meet Heather, and she was on the phone with whoever, and went, "I love you, sweetheart. Bye." Do you think she was pretending to be on the phone? I think she was pretending. Well, probably, yeah. Who gets to the exact end of a conversation as they're getting out of a car? That never happens. Only in the movies. This whole sweetheart, yeah. there was no one on the phone. I'm just saying. Well, I also think later when like Lisa is talking to her husband and she's texting on the bed, when they do put the camera behind her, she's not texting anything. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, picture you in life with your boyfie and uh-huh. you're drawing him into a conversation where you want to bitch about a group of people that are in your life and then halfway through you just start looking at your phone and not acknowledging yeah. his presence. <laughs> do you think your boyfriend would be like, oh, okay, fine, and walk out of a room? Or do you think he would lose his shit and go, are you fucking talking to me or not? Oh, yeah, lose his shit for sure. Thank you. <laughs> no, she's so rude. It's so funny though. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't understand. That is not a relationship yeah. to me. That is an employee. Yeah, totally, totally. I want to know what's going on there. He can't be happy with that. Come on. So they had a reveal party, which we saw, but mm. then they also had a brunch to tell some more people. Like, can we not just, like, have one event? Why are we splitting this mission reveal into multiple events? Well, because she can't have any of the housewives at her house while they're doing the Mormon reveal because they don't want to be around them. Uh, well, yeah. So she's had... Two events. So I'm surprised that they, mm. some of them agreed to be on camera. I'm so surprised. Mm. Mm. Okay. So we're getting ready for the roller rink party. Like, I know we tend to not enjoy kids' scenes, but this Bobby was making me laugh, getting glam. <laughs> she was cute. She was so fucking cute. The way that she was staring at her reflection in the mirror, I loved that. It's like, Oh, my God, you're actually looking at yourself going, oh, my God, I look so pretty, which I loved that. Uh-huh, and she's like, I have eyebrows. <laughs> oh, that was the best. <laughs> I loved it. She was so happy. Do you remember being that young yeah. and being so happy and excited to be experiencing whatever you're experiencing? Oh, good times. Good times. And so her party, I mean, she had fun. She had fun. I don't think any of, <laughs> I think some people there didn't have fun, but she had fun. So what happens? So... 
Heather had already told Monica that Whitney said that Lisa said that she's lying about the abuse. I love this. Heather said that Lisa said that Whitney said. I love it. I just and love it. Angie had told Lisa that Angie had told Heather about the mission reveal announcement. So everyone's all on the same page now with who's told what about who's telling what. Yeah. And so then Monica tells Lisa that her mum is like Ted Bundy, but then also mentions that she's similar to her mum. So then Lisa takes that as her getting called T- Ted Bundy. Because we get the flashy of Monica's mum talking to a plant. That was fucking crazy. Lisa's talking but not looking at her. Like she's talking about her right in front of her. Like that is not even passive aggressive. That's just aggressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. Monica's issue is she thinks she's going to have a real conversation with someone on this show. Like you're going to hear my side. I'm going to hear no. your side. That's not what this is, sweetheart. Nope. This is about nope. the fact that realistically speaking, whoever is talking, they're talking to the camera, but they're not allowed to break the fourth wall and look at the camera. So that's why <laughs> it really doesn't matter if she's looking at you or a plant or whatever. She's not talking to you. She's talking to us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get that. No, not yet. She will. She sees them more. Um, what do you think when Lisa rolls off mm. and, and Monica calls her a 50-year-old wannabe? Like, what, what's the – she seems to always go for the Lisa's old card. Because which, she knows it bugs uh, her. Come on. Is that why? The amount of effort that Lisa goes into for her appearance when she cried – about yeah. not having, like, doing each other's makeup and she's like, I brought glam. Her f- outward physical appearance is very important to Lisa. Uh-huh, totally. And so Monica's yeah. pressing that button. She's pressing it. Lisa is a sample size at 50. She's very beautiful. She can afford to, to spend money on whatever she wants for her physical appearance, and she does. So it's low-hanging fruit, but it fucking works. It's the easiest button to push. It's like, you might have all the money, but I'm 20 years younger than you. It's got to be a button. Why else would she press it? Yeah, right. And so then Lisa sort of confronts Heather about the mission drama Mm. um, and she pulls Jack over and Jack has like a 20-second conversation. Then he like runs away. He does not want to be there. Totally. And then that sort of of doesn't really go anywhere. They squash it. Yeah, Heather's just like, you're not a real Mormon. And she's like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you're not a real Mormon. And Lisa just doesn't take the bait. Because Heather's thinking that Lisa is shutting her because she's an ex-Mormon. And Lisa's like, well, no, because every time I talk about it, you yuck on it and I don't want you to do that. Fair enough. I think Heather's right to feel insecure about that because Lisa's not Mm. the only one doing it. They're all doing it. No one wants to touch that. They just think it's like a fire they don't want to touch. None of them want to which is ridiculous. You're on a show called Salt Lake City where some of you are Mormon. I don't think it's fair that they avoid talking about it. Mm -hmm. But Heather's the only one that wants to talk about it. No one else wants to talk about it. I mean, they all want to talk about Jack's We want to talk about it. (laughs) But none of them want to appear as if they're taking a side, which I don't appreciate, which is kind of what's making Heather look like it's all she wants to talk about and that she's the only one that's passionate about the topic. Because she's shouting into a vacuum. Exactly. And I just, I think it's unfair. And it is weird that Whitney. Thank you. Yeah. She, I mean, went to quitwoman.com last season and now she's not got an opinion. Yeah. I don't, I think it's fucking bullshit. It's odd. Even like I said, the scene with Heather and Meredith, Meredith's laughing it off. Like maybe that's her version of Mormonism. Ha 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 ha. Like, you know, we both know that that's bullshit, but I don't want to say it. I think they're leaving yeah. Heather out to dry and I don't think it's fair. 
Uh-huh. Totally, totally. I feel like I have a lot of opinions for someone, again, for someone who was like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with the shows this week. Oh, sorry. I'm premenstrual. You're just getting me on level aggressive. That's all that's happening today. <laughs> I just want to have a quick sidebar to rant about yeah, this. Please. Roller rink birthday party present. So so Whitney gets the kid. Just let, let's just let's just talk this out so we're all on the same page. So Whitney gets the kid a golf cart for a birthday. Is that correct? Yes. And so we don't need licenses to drive a golf cart. Where's she driving this golf cart? I wrote this in my notes. Around the fucking streets, the suburbs of Salt Lake City. What, what's going on there? But also the way it was revealed, they've got this like wall of paper covering it up. But it's like, how, how did Bobby not see someone drive a golf cart onto the middle of the ice rink? Mm. And then they cover it up with like an A4 piece of paper. And she's like, oh, my God, reveal. Bobby wasn't there. Remember, Bobby rocked up on a party bus. But they were already skating around. The, the present came halfway through the event. Oh. It's like Bobby Like Bobby went to the bathroom and they snuck a golf cart onto the middle of the rink. She looked surprised. I bought it hook, line, I don't and know how. I don't know how. I think that the bigger conversation is why are we letting a 13-year-old have a vehicle? <laughs> it's crazy. I would rather let her go on a date than have a vehicle. Like this bitch can get around, literally. Uh-huh. She can, like, golf uh-huh. cart her way into the bushes with a boy now. Well, she's not playing golf, which is what it's for. You see it on Southern Charm. Like, they golf cart to each other's houses and shit. Oh, do they? But I don't understand. Like, in Australia, we have such crazy rules on shit. Like, I'm still not yeah. over the fact that, you know, you can't take glass to the pool. And I live in this country. You would not be allowed to drive a golf cart on the road because you'd have to register it and do tests for it. Like... Maybe they're lax over there. Remember, you don't even have to fucking wear a seatbelt in that country. It's fucking strange. So I'm sure someone out there will tell us how and why it is possible. Because in Australia, you have to like, you can't put that on the road. Like that's illegal. But maybe it's not illegal there. So I'm sure it is is normal. It's just a cultural disconnect. But I would like the details. I I thought it was so weird. I thought it was fucking strange, mate. Strange times two. (laughs) Strange times two, yep. So the next day, this is when we get the thing with Lisa and John and she ignores him while texting on the bed, which is just fucked. Heather, meanwhile, is steaming a prom dress and she talks about purity culture for a little bit and her daughter's got a Muslim boyfriend. I mean, that's fun. I mean, I think she's just so proud and relieved but she's also living a little vicariously with her kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's doing it in a bad way. She's like, I never got to do this. I have changed their lives. She's constantly reminded about how her daughter's life is different to her life. And she's like, thank, well, I want to say thank God, but thank her. She did this. Mm-hmm. She sacrificed a community her friends and her family, she sacrificed all of that for her kids and these milestones are reminding her of why she made that sacrifice. I get why it's a big deal for her. So as much mm-hmm. as I thought it was boring as batshit, I get why it's yeah. a huge <laughs> deal for her and yeah. I'm trying to like not rag her for it. Right, right. Well, let's get to what we want to talk about, yes. which is Whitney's dumb crystal healing journey jewellery crap party event thing. Those jewels. <laughs> I'm sorry, I would not wear any of them. No. They were very jersey. It would need to heal your chakra for it to look that ugly. You know, it it would have to have a side effect. That thing would have to, like, buy me some fucking fries and give me a lap dance before I put that on my body. (laughs) As long as you're wearing pants. Well, I'm not, but anyway. they were The jewels were hideous. (laughs) I wanted to know what Meredith was going to say about another cast member having a jewellery line. 
That's what I wanted to well, know. Is that why she didn't go? I think that's why she didn't go because we all know that Meredith has this store and has a jewellery line. Apart from uh-huh. how it related to Jen Shah's assistant stealing something, we've never spoken oh, about yeah. this store. So I get the impression yeah. that she makes a once-a-year pilgrimage to this store. Like how much time is she spending in this store, really? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was tray convenient that she was at her store and couldn't attend someone else's jewellery event. I thought that was a little suspicious. Right. So at this party, she gets Lisa, she gets Monica, and she gets Angie, Mm. who all just seem to just be in their own little bubble fighting and talking and arguing and (laughs) not really caring about the jewellery. So I don't really know how we tackle this. Because it, it sort of is just jab, 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 jab with Angie in the middle trying to mediate for some reason. It was fantastic. But it wasn't again, it? it was Angie's fault because they walk into the place. Angie uh, is with Monica and she's like, or which one's Angie with first? Was she with Lisa first? I, th- I don't know. Angie's putting herself in the middle because Angie talks to Monica about it and she Monica's like, I'm not bringing it up. You're bringing it up. And she's like, oh, I was just talking to Lisa about it. It's like, well, you brought it up with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Angie's the one literally going, oh, my God, like how do you feel about after the, the, the thing? And it's like you just fucking got into a jewelry store. You haven't even got a fucking beverage yet. Like Angie's yeah. doing it all. She's starting it. And I know that that's what they have to do, but – she just, I don't know. I think it's a producer saying, don't forget to bring this up. That's what I want you to talk about with her. Yeah, it feels fake. But what? why exactly do Monica and Lisa hate each other? Like, what does it come back to? I can't quite pin it. When the rumour came out about Angie's husband, uh-huh. Lisa was the one that said Monica's the one that brought it up. So she had the shits with Monica. But I think she already had the shits with Monica. And I think it's about the fight they had in the bus about the $60,000 ring. the ring. It all comes back to that. Yes, when Monica was basically saying, you're materialistic, you haven't stopped going on about this. And Lisa's like, oh, what are you all talking about? She's like, bitch, I went through the bin for you. That's right. It comes back to the bin. It comes back to that. Because initially, Lisa and Monica were cool. Like I said, Monica went through a fucking rubbish bin for her. She's on her hands and knees looking for her ring. And she's like, you've been going on about this all fucking day. When are you going to stop talking Uh about it? You're materialistic blah, 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 the fight they had in the sprint right. van. Except now this argument, it, no one's talking about what it, what it's really about. No. I, I, it's hard to know what they're even talking about, honestly, but I'm just loving because it. Because of that, Lisa hates Monica, and then when all the shit came out about Angie's husband, Lisa's like, actually, Monica's the one that basically said it on camera. She didn't say the words, she said it on camera, but she's the one, Monica's talking yeah, about exactly. it. And Monica's like, I was being her friend, telling her what you all were fucking saying behind her back. But what we're not getting, again, because it's breaking in the fourth wall, we're not getting Lisa's real point, which is, bitch, you said it on camera first. None of us were saying it on camera. So that's why I would imagine a lot of people are on Lisa's side because realistically that's the whole fucking point. Well, yeah, I I do sort of side with Team Lisa in this just because – Monica just came in so hot after the, over the ring thing and it's like, who gives a fuck? She did. And that's where Lisa's all like, you're jealous. Like, why else would you care about the materialism? She's like, look around the room. Every single one of us is designer head to toe. Stop coming to me for my expensive shit. Yeah. So if there was one party I could attend for Housewives, like 
at least in recent memory, like this would be one of them because when Whitney tries to get everyone to listen to a healing, healing sound bath and Lisa just cannot resist talking for two seconds. It's just so fucking funny. If I was at a fucking jury thing and you want me to listen to a sound bath, like no bitch. I get it. It's kind of tied in though with all the jewels and stuff. I get why Whitney would want to do it, but you can't hop people up on alcohol, have them all chitter-chattering. You can't get people <laughs> excited room. at an event and then ask them to keep quiet. It's like when people have entertainment at lunch events. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it wasn't really a bath. Like, it was just one little bowl. It was more of like a sound, like, wet wipe, you know? Like, that wasn't bathing me. <laughs> that was just, like, wipe. cleaning my pits in the sink, you know? God, as soon as you said that, it made me think of those little ones that you'd have to get at the KFC and you'd, like, spend 10 yeah, minutes Yeah, it's a moist towelette. <laughs> it's a It's a sound moist towelette, not a bath. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) That room full of people, you're going to need at least like 10 bowls and like lie down and concentrate. You can't just have one little bowl and expect the room to chill the fuck out a grad. New Age Whitney is just so insufferable. Uh, She kind of is. She really, I want I want Whitney that's like fallen over dropping birthday cakes. Sorry. (laughs) That's the Whitney I want. I don't want this enlightened crystal healing. I think that's the Whitney that Heather misses. Quite frankly. Oh, totally. God, can you imagine we're agreeing with Heather? Fuck. I, I'm I'm turned around on Heather this season. She's done a great job. I'm enjoying Heather this season. I think she's doing she's doing the work. She's doing the work. Yeah. She's on her own mission. She's to serve she's doing the herself. she's doing the the Joseph Smith work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Lisa and Monica are just trading bad reads. Some yeah. of them. Um, Lisa says she looks like a Pillsbury Doughboy. Monica calls her old and that she wears it. Uh, Monica calls Lisa a tramp stamp. Lisa says she plays with the face cards and Monica plays with the twos. So like, what, what does any of this mean? It's so lame. They've got no ammunition because they don't really fucking know each other. That's what it is. Right. Right. Lisa's right in that it's not that deep. Like, But also, Lisa, mm-hmm. your hatred for Monica is not that fucking deep. So stop deep. fucking bitching about her. All Monica is ever hearing from anyone is that Lisa's bad-mouthing her. I get why she's pissed off, but Lisa doesn't want to let it go. So, Monica, you're not going to win in the holding on to nothing with Lisa. Lisa will hold on to nothing for the end of time. Lisa is kind of my people in that she can hold a motherfucking grudge, man. Yeah. The only line that Lisa said that I thought was a bit like, whoa, was when she said no one wants to be her mother, clearly. I do love Lisa, but this episode, she broke my heart. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. She went below the belt. Like the bickering back and forth was silly and funny and I loved it. But when yep. you take it too far, it's just you You can't Candace Dillard a fight and have people on your side. You just can't. You can't. And But somehow I was more disappointed in Angie throughout all of this because it was just like, shut up. Because it's Angie's fault. <laughs> and you can't. Pot stir and try and mediate at the same time. No. That's what shits me. Yeah. No, Angie shit yeah. me to tears as well. Again, she's not charming. She's not charismatic. I don't know why she's on my TV. Totally. So next time we've got Mary telling Heather that she looks inbred, just doubling down on that. And, like, I sort of, as soon as I saw that in the next time, like, I just got so excited. I know, I me too. I'm so here for it. on what else is coming next. I was just like, that's so good. The pot calling the kettle black, Mary. Sozzle. If anyone looks inbred, it's you. Sorry. And now she said it. 
And now you've said it. I've said it. So do we want to quickly just do a quick whip of of Potomac since we haven't got much time left? Yeah, we don't. I mean, there's Potomac, there's Below Deck Med. I haven't even watched Real Housewives of Sydney. I kind of think I might be giving up on that. Uh, It's not really, yeah. Because it's just terrible. It's awful. It needs to take a back seat. It really does. But this Potomac, I mean, it's all about Juan and the side chick and Robin and like – I'm loving how they edited all of that in with the podcast audio and watch what happens live, getting Ebony's reactions again. Like I just, and the stock footage of the laundromat, like it was just so fun. I love when Potomac gets camp. Wait a second. I think I've missed an episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, pretty much like the whole first, it's just one. Oh God, maybe I stopped watching it and forgot to go back to it because none of this is ringing a bell. Okay, tell me well, all about it. Tell me all about it. You know how it. they talk about how Wine was with the girl at the laundromat? Yes, I remember that. And then they do a sort of like recreation for illustration purposes, no, they I, say. I, I'm, I don't remember any of that. Tell me tell me. Oh, all. that was for the nail salon? Oh. They, they, they do it like a true crime documentary where yes, they do a no, reenactment. Yes, no, I did see that. Yeah, yeah I did see that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't think I finished so the episode, so it's not ringing a bell. All right. No, please tell me everything. All I've got to say is that I just I love when – the Potomac editors in particular, they seem to go super camp with the reenactments and like the flashbacks that are edited. Like I just really enjoy that and I've missed that. So it's good to have that back. Maybe the Potomac editors love Potomac and that's why they're putting so much effort into it because I'm, this isn't ringing a bell. So I'm really sorry, but I think I have to go back and either rewatch or see what I've missed. And it's been a big week. So naturally Potomac does take a back seat as well. Unfortunately it's it's so good. And Below Deck Med, I'm enjoying it, but I feel like it's just taking too long to get. But do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's a lot of faffy scenes of or clips of them like doing housekeeping or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's just I'm getting the sense of how long their days are. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Kyle getting shitty at Jessica. Do you Did you understand? Kyle's a cunt, that's what. No, I don't get it. I don't get why he's so cranky at Jessica. She didn't throw him under the bus with the whole he makes me feel green comment. Isn't that more of a you're so good at your job, I feel insecure around you comment? Yeah, that's how I'd take it. Like the fact that Kyle's like you need more experience on service. She's like, well, no, I actually don't. Like I can do service. But my job mm-hmm. on this boat, I got hired as a third stew, so I'm doing third stew duties. I don't need more experience on service. I've been a second stew. I get what she means by you're making me feel green. I don't need the experience. You're using that as an excuse because you don't want to do service. That's what it is. He's lazy. Yeah, I'm not yeah, you're right. Is he lazy or does he just give it his all and then he's drained? (laughs) He wants to be a TV show star. He doesn't want to be a yachty. I might be starting to agree with you, yeah. but I do love him. I don't know. I don't know. Let me wait to see how I feel next episode because I just I thought that his response was a little dramatic and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You rag on Natalia for being like that, but you're kind of being oh, like God, that. Natalia. Oh, my God. I am so over her open relationship. Honey, just go fuck, fuck someone or don't fuck someone. Pick a lane. Seriously, it's not that hard. And the fact that she can't see that this boyfriend of hers wants to fuck other people but doesn't want her to fuck other people. Stop mm-hmm. saying, oh, I love him, I would do this. He's a fucking asshole. Fuck him off. Yep, fuck him off. Like, come on, it's so Captain Obvious. 
He wants to fuck around. He doesn't want you to fuck around. I.e., uh-huh. he's a jerk. Totally, totally. But I'm loving it. Right. <laughs> yes, of course. It's the fucking best. It's the best. So I don't know if I have any sizzles because I think the only sizzle I really had was the Monica and Heather suing each other. Everything else is kind of just like, oh, I saw this on BravoCon, I saw that on BravoCon, but we've all uh-huh. seen it. Uh-huh. So what's the point, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's leave it there then. As I said earlier, if anyone's got any Bravo Con tea, if you were there, oh, see, let the us thing. know your account. Give us the just spill those beans, baby. Um, exactly. At effing Bravo on Instagram or Twitter, and ratings and reviews are always appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Alrighty. Bye. 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 bye.